Hey everybody, this is Clover Chat, brought to you by the University of Minnesota Extension and the Minnesota 4-H State Ambassadors. We have started this podcast to showcase all the great things 4-H has to offer. Our podcast will include stories from Minnesota 4-H members, information about 4-H opportunities, and we will also hear from some 4-H experts. Welcome back to Clover Chat episode two of season three. This is State Ambassador Megan from Anoka County, and I'm joined by Arabelle from Sherburne County, Steve from Martin County, and Evelyn from Wright County. On today's episode, we have some very special guests joining us. We want to extend our warmest welcomes to our Florida 4-H Council members, Carolyn and Dylan. For this recording, we will be focusing on the Florida 4-H program, especially we are going to talk about Florida's 4-H leadership and many activities and events. But first, let's meet our guest. Can you guys each share your name and give us a general position like North, South, Middle, or Closed City, where you are located in the state of Florida? Yeah, sure. So, hi, I'm Carolyn Wolkeen, and I'm the Florida 4-H State Council President, and I am from Gainesville, Florida, so I'm directly in the middle. And I'm Dylan. I'm kind of northeast near Jacksonville, if any of y'all know where that would be, and I'm the State Council Sergeant-at-Arms. Very cool. So, now that we've all gotten to introduce ourselves, um, I think we will get started into some of the questions. So, we asked some of the Minnesota State 4-H ambassadors to recommend questions, and then just Minnesota 4-Hers as well. Um, and we kind of asked them what they wanted to know about Florida 4-H. So the first question we have is, can each of you explain, like, I know you each already kind of said your role, but can you explain, like, kind of some of the other state council positions and kind of what goes into being a state council member in Florida 4-H? Yeah, so with Florida 4-H, we have eight different state officer positions, um, and it's different than, I guess, ambassador positions um, in just the title, but we're still ambassadors throughout the state. So generally, all eight roles are similar in that we go around the state and are an ambassador for Florida 4-H. But then more specifically, diving into each role, we have president, vice president, secretary, treasurer, reporter, sergeant of arms, historian, and parliamentarian. Um, and so each of those have small individual things like secretary will take minutes or treasurer will do more of the fundraising side of things or parliamentarian will kind of make sure that we follow parliamentary procedures. So they all have kind of very individual um, parts to it. But the baseline is that we're all ambassadors for Florida 4-H and then that's just kind of the, the extra title that goes along with it. Yeah, and something I'd like to add is the executive board, sort of our state level planning group. We also lead a committee on there and there's a bunch of different committees. Some of them like I'm on ways and means with our treasurer for this year, that's sort of the money related committee. So some of them do tie in, some of them don't with the offices and we all lead one of those. What are, do you know all of the different committees that you guys have? So our committees, they're grouped into two groups and everyone is in uh, one or the other. So there's standing and there's event. For standing, it's ways and means, our state project, and then CCS, which is communications and council support. And then on the event side, it's ledge, which we are going to get into later, day at the Capitol, 4-HU, and I believe that's it. 
Can you guys go ahead and inform our listeners on how somebody would get selected to be a state council leader? Yeah, so to become selected, they'd have to first serve on our executive board for at least a year. Um, and that's, you know, as Dylan just explained, is kind of our planning side of it, just so they can see what goes into our state and larger events, just so they have an understanding of that, because a big part of being a state officer is helping lead those events and, and plan each one. So they have to be on that for at least a year and have a little bit of background in 4-H, but they don't need to, you know, be in 4-H for like 10 years or something. It can be a smaller amount, but just making sure that they have a general understanding of it. And then we have one specific event, which we call, um, what is it, 4-H University, and uh, that is where everyone goes, and then that was where you'd campaign. So you campaign to other 4-Hers, um, and you do campaign speeches, and for the entire, it's a week-long camp and event, um, and you'd try to get other people to vote for you, and then that's where you'd really get elected. Yeah, and to add on to that, elections really are only the first round of how officers are selected. So we have five of the eight positions are elected, but three of them are sort of second round picks. If you lose your election, all of the remaining candidates can run for appointed office, which is what I did. So then everyone who was elected of those five will vote in who the remaining three will be to try and round out the state officer team for that year. So based on what you're saying, I would um, suggest that it's a competitive process and a really high honor to be one of these members. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. All right. We're going to move into um, another question from Ambassador Arabelle. Do you want to go ahead and um, bring up our next question that we have at hand? Um, Sure. Do you have county fairs in Florida or state fairs? And um, what do Florida 4-Hers typically show or participate in at these events? So yes, we do have a state fair that's pretty big. It's coming up in January, February-ish, and also county level fairs. Here, livestock is a pretty big thing as well as horse judging and horse showing. Um, I personally participate in quite a few livestock judging competitions, both in my county and in others. And it's usually a pretty decent showing in all of those as well, in addition to the people that are showing livestock in order to sell or to win their own individual ribbons. So you said that your state fair is in January and February? That's actually, that's very interesting. Ours is in August. And I think if we had it in January and February, we would all freeze to death. I definitely would freeze to death. And I don't know how the animals would really work with that. With us. <laughs> yeah, it, it is sort of a double-edged sword because a lot of our summer events where you have to have like full business suits and that sort of thing, it does get crazy hot. But during sort of like the end of winter-ish time, beginning of the year, it's not terrible. So it's correct, nice that it's Florida. <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, but is summer technically like January and February months then? It's not that early, but it's sort of a relative standard because what y'all might consider summer could be our spring. It gets pretty hot down here pretty quick and it stays hot for quite a while. So I have a question. So at our state fair, the ambassadors play a really big part in like the 4-H building. Um, we're there every single day and we are like always in the front area talking to people. So do you guys have something kind of like that at your state fair? Are you guys there or like what do you kind of do there if you're on the council? 
Yeah, so we participate in our state fairs, um, I guess a little differently than you guys. Like we don't, I guess, fully stand in the front um, and every day and do that. But there's multiple different like opportunities. So there's kind of breakfasts and lunches and different things like that that we attend, um, as well as we do just spend time at the state fair. And we kind of, not all of us go every single day. So we kind of take turns and which officers will be there each day. Um, but we do try to, you know, make a presence and, and talk to people and, and welcome people in. Do you guys have like a 4-H building or is it mostly just like livestock for Florida 4-H? Uh, we do. We kind of have two different um, buildings. It depends on which fairgrounds we have it at. Uh, but we have a livestock building and then we do have a 4-H building. So we have a lot of non-livestock projects that are entered. So that's kind of our non-livestock portion of each fair where people can enter things and, and win money. So whether those are different poems or school projects or quilts and, and all kinds of cool things like that are entered. And then we have a, a little section for that where the visitors can come and look at the different projects that aren't animal related that, that people have created and done. Yeah, and um, like Carolyn was saying, a lot of artistic projects, I've been to the State Fair, they have photography, uh, some actually really creative aquariums, some actually very interesting stuff. And the livestock, it is kind of a big part of it, but it isn't all of it. That's just sort of what I like to speak about and what I'm somewhat good at doing. And you guys said for like those general projects, you win money. Is that correct? Yeah, so at least for, uh, I guess that's more of the county level. At my county fair, I guess it can vary throughout the state. But um, depending on the project and how well you do, like blue, red, or white ribbon, um, there can be like money involved. So if you, I guess, get grand and reserve in, in each category. So there's like a writing category and there's more art category and different things like that. Um, and if you do well in it, you, you can win money, which is kind of an extra incentive. Um, which, you know, gets people excited to do it because it can be simple school projects too that people have already done and then they can enter it and win money. So it really helps our participation, makes people excited to do it. Yeah, it's kind of like Minnesota 4-H. We also have like a placement of different uh, ribbons, you know, that red, white, and blue. Um, and then also having the grand champion and the reserve champion ribbons. Uh, I We do get a portion of money as well. I just didn't know if it was just money that you guys received, but it sounds like we have the same kind of setup, which is pretty cool. It sounds really fun. So our next question has to deal with a terrible hurricane that flew through Florida. First of all, were any of you impacted by it? And if so, did it affect 4-H in your area? So I being kind of in the middle of the state was fortunate enough to not be terribly impacted by the hurricane this year, but we did have a lot of people and youth that were impacted by the hurricane. Um, and so as Florida 4-H, we had a couple things that we did. And I guess one more major thing that we did to try to help people impacted by the hurricanes, which we put together some hurricane kits. So we tried to have half educational and then half fun things for people to do while their power was out or while they were kind of impacted by this large storm. And so at one of our executive boards, our planning bodies of, that we have each, each year and multiple different executive boards, we have three of them. We got together with the youth and we all got to contribute to making the 
these little kits. So we had different games like tic-tac-toe and, you know, making origami and friendship bracelets. So kind of fun little things like that, as well as it was very pollinator themed. So we had some like little seed kits and like small shovels and, and packets on how to maybe plant a garden. So while like in the moment, maybe they could do that, they could learn about how to do that and maybe plant one and do that later and learn about pollinators. So we tried to balance that, like being able to do something fun, but also have a bit of education that's always involved with 4-H. Yeah, and on the other side of that, I personally wasn't affected very much, but our treasurer who I work with on the committee that I run, Ways and Means, we also came to sort of a unanimous decision that we were going to donate all of our profit from the state store that we have at all of our executive boards to hurricane relief and specifically a program called 4-H Serves Florida where we would give grants away from that money. It was around $900 to 4-H programs and clubs that were impacted by the hurricane. Yeah, I really enjoy, you know, 4-H is a lot about like making the best better and just taking care of your community. So it sounds like you guys did a great job of just really incorporating that. Um, Obviously, both of you weren't um, impacted, but your ability to just really consider the people um, around you and the 4-Hers around you. And I really enjoy the the methods that you did that. Is it common for um, the state council to help out people around Florida that might be struggling or different counties or 4-H programs in general? I would say yes. And something we actually do during the 4-H University event that Carolyn had mentioned previously, where we get elected and appointed is we do service projects. So before we do the state council meetings, those are usually in the evening. We'll do like after breakfast all the way until pretty much lunchtime, just a big service activity where we go out to various different places. Like last time uh, we went to a creek in Gainesville and we were doing uh, trash cleanup there. Very cool. Yeah, service projects are great to give back to the community and it teaches uh, 4-Hers some really good like just skills that they should, you know, hopefully cherish and use later in their lives, which is really important. Yeah, it really is so cool that you guys are reaching out and helping those youth. So. All right, so we're gonna take a short commercial break. Calling all youth grades six through ninth who are looking to meet new friends and learn leadership skills. You should join us at this year's BLUE. BLUE stands for Building, Leadership, and Understanding. This event is hosted in the five different regions of Minnesota. Don't worry, if you're over ninth grade, you can still join us at TEAL. TEAL stands for Teens Engaged in Emerging Leadership. And this event will challenge these youth to enhance their leadership skills and reach their full potential. For more information, go to z.umn.edu backslash 4-hblu or you can go to z.umn.edu backslash 4-hteel. We hope to see you there.
Welcome back. We're going to move on to our next question. Um, since we obviously don't have the beautiful beaches like you guys have there in Florida, we're very curious to know what are some of the most common projects or unique projects 4-Hers participate in where they may live on a beach? Um, do they show animals typically or is there something special that they may um, do on the side? Yeah, so I think a lot of our 4-Hers that live on the beach, they do a lot of the common things that we do not um, living on the beach with like showing animals and doing different leadership projects and things like that. But also we have like marine ecology, which we offer here in Florida 4-H. Um, so we have lots of marine ecology teams and environmental science things. So that's something that if you live on the beach, they might be more involved in, in doing because they're so close to the water. And I've been able to actually be on one of those teams. Um, and it's where you get to learn about a lot of different marine organisms and life and study that. And then every year we have a competition um, throughout the state where different teams get to come together and compete on their essentially their knowledge of marine life. Um, so that might be one more unique thing, but that again, anybody can do in Florida 4-H. Um, and then they also pretty much do the, the normal things that the rest of us do between showing livestock and doing other non-livestock projects. Um, so we also asked um, some of the Minnesota 4-Hers uh, if they had any questions that they wanted to ask you. And so we got a couple of responses. Um, so the Minnesota 4-Hers want to know each of your favorite project areas and then like what your favorite 4-H event that you've uh, done um, and then your favorite 4-H memory. Okay, so mine, it is sort of cheating out on all three questions a little bit because I can actually say sort of the same event for all three. And it's an event we have that's unique to Florida 4-H. It's called the Florida 4-H State Legislature, or we just call it LEGE, sort of in shorthand. And what it is, is we have the actual chambers where the actual state legislators for Florida, they, where they meet, we go there in their chambers and we meet and we discuss mock bills that are written by our executive board members. And what we do is we vote on them. We have debates and all the things that the actual people making the laws would do to, in order to understand the civic process and to be able to articulate ourselves on current hot button issues. Sounds like that's very like government e-based. I know we don't have a lot of that in Minnesota. Um, so that's kind of cool. But what about that made it your favorite memory, if that makes sense? So personally, it's just something that I really enjoy is just learning about government and how our society is built and just civics in general has always been an area of interest for me. But also being able to learn how to public speak and how to come to reasonable compromises with others it's an incredible opportunity to improve myself and to work with others in a way that I normally wouldn't. So my favorite, I guess, 4-H event would be our executive boards, which I know we touched on briefly. Um, but I think the key like memory and reason that would be my favorite is probably being able, I guess the first time I went, just seeing that youth get to have that strong voice in planning these events that we go to each year is really cool um, to, to be able to be on that planning side. And so when I, when I was able to go to these events and then a year later, I got to actually be on executive board because um, I was too young, but I got old enough and was able to be on executive board and help plan these events. And it was really cool to just have your voice and your input. And if there's things you want to change or alter, like people listen to you and then you get to go to this event and kind of say like, I, I helped plan this. And that was really just inspiring to have 
like your your voice counted um and some of these big events that so many youth go to and it's you know a statewide event a lot of these and so to have your your voice in those was was really memorable Carolyn, do you have a favorite project area, like specifically outside of what you just mentioned? Yeah, so I think my favorite project area, which is this is slightly cheating, but I'd say environmental sciences. So throughout 4-H, I've done like forestry, um, marine ecology, which I talked about a little before. I've done entomology, horticulture. So I really enjoy kind of just environmental sciences in general. So doing all those judging teams and competitions um, I really enjoyed and just learning about that. That's something I might want to major in in the future. So having 4-H helped me kind of find that that career path and something that I'm really passionate about. Um, so environmental sciences, I guess, is kind of the broad way of putting all those those small judging teams. So would you say that 4-H has kind of helped you or it, it it's helped you like look into different futures for, for yourselves, like kind of seeing like what you want to do with your life? Yeah, I'd say most definitely. The whole like, kind of hands-on um, approach that 4-HS has really helped me because it's not only getting to watch other people do something that I might be interested in, but getting to try it out and truly learn it has really helped me to find something that I, I might enjoy and could be a, a great future path for me. Dylan, have you had the same experience? Has 4-H helped you figure out maybe a career path or some of your passions or interests um, that you want to incorporate for later in your future? Yeah, absolutely. So personally, I want to be a vet and working with all of the animals on the various judging teams and learning how like the structuring works and how an animal should look and recognizing any problems that could come up as a result of an animal being out of sorts in any way, shape or form. I think that's definitely going to help me. And it's really confirmed what I want to do that I enjoy doing it and to some degree that I'm competent in doing it. Okay, so we have, we have one more question. Um, may have kind of already answered this, but what do you think is the most unique um, like project or activity or event that Florida 4-H offers to Florida 4-Hers? So one cool thing we have in Florida 4-H is something called 4-H in Space that was just implemented this year. And so 48 different youth um, from four different states get to come together and they got to create an experiment, a science experiment that we get to be launched into space in 2023. And so it came and kind of was created into a competition. So there was 12 different teams of four youth and they came together and in the span of a couple of days got to work with astronauts and NASA scientists and different types of staff and their peers and create a really cool project that could be launched to the space center. And so it was a cool idea. And the winner of this competition then got their project launched and actually used, which was really exciting. And so from Clay County here in Florida, actually that team was able to win with their idea of creating a different type of protein source that could be grown in microgravity. And so they did all kinds of tests and experiments on it. And they, I guess, came up with the idea of spirulina, which was the winning idea. So in 2023, hopefully their project will be able to be launched into space. And this was all help put on by Higher Orbits, which is a cool nonprofit organization that works with youth, youth to tell, help teach them STEM and in addition to that, like leadership and communication, teamwork skills, so that they can build stronger and better youth. That's very cool. In Minnesota 4-H, we have something like that. Yours is obviously um, way more like, I don't know, intense and 
fascinating, but we have like a Rube Goldberg contest that we do at our state fair where like youth from different counties can come and there's like a specific, you know, task at hand that they have to accomplish and they get a small prize. But um, that is very cool how you're not only like giving them the opportunity to do that, but also connect with some like major like outside um, profits and organizations that can help them, you know, set them up once again for that, that future and help them um, understand what they might be interested in doing um, later in life. Yeah, no, it's a really cool opportunity. And thanks to Higher Orbits and all the different partnerships that we were able to acquire, you know, this was the first year it was put on and it seemed to go very well. So we're hoping to continue um, making it better and improving it in the future, but it, it's a really cool opportunity. Dylan, do you have a, a different kind of unique thing? Yeah, so in addition to the legislature, which I already mentioned, there, we also have a day at the Capitol, and that's pretty much what's in the name, where we get youth from all over the state of Florida and club leaders and such as well, and we all go to Tallahassee and sort of lobby, I guess, our different legislators and the leaders in the Capitol for 4-H and for agricultural education and things of that sort, and it's an incredibly fun event. And in combination with Ledge, it really is both fun and incredibly educational as to, you know, how our specific government works and allowing people to operate within that in an educated way so that we can all make our voices heard within the political process the same way that we allow counties and such to send representatives to make themselves heard in 4-H's political process. I think that personally is really cool that you guys have that there. I kind of wish we had that here, but we have our own little things for those. We want to thank you again, Carolyn and Dylan, very much for joining us on our podcast recording today. We were focused on learning all about 4-H in Florida. I can speak on behalf of myself, Megan, Evelyn, and Arabelle. Your 4-H program has had some wonderful opportunities for the youth to empower set them up for a group and to be able to learn outside the box. Yeah, so uh, moving forward, uh, we hope to be able to communicate with you guys sometime uh, in the future. This was a lot of fun. Um, and we've learned a lot about each of you guys, you know, your favorite things about 4-H and then as well as just about the 4-H uh, program in Florida, which again, super cool. Um, and we have a little thing that we like to say at the end of each of our podcasts. So um, Arabelle will talk about it in a bit, but we hope you guys will say it with us. Okay, so this podcast is brought to you by the number four, the letter H, and the color green. But yeah. it wouldn't be great to finish our podcast without you guys joining us. So let's say it all together. Remember, this podcast is brought to you by the number four, the letter H, the letter H and, and the, the color, color green. green. Thank you again for tuning in to this episode of the Clover Chat. We are so pleased that we had this wonderful collaboration with Florida. And once again, thank you so much for joining us. We hope to see you next time. 4-H is a youth development program of the University of Minnesota Extension. It is available for youth in kindergarten through one year after high school. 4-Hers participate in hands-on learning experiences in STEM, 
leadership and civic engagement, animal science, creative arts, and much more. To learn more about Minnesota 4-H, visit z.umn.edu slash 4-h.